The content in this podcast is not meant to replace professional help or advice. This is my story, and a lot of the things I talk about might or might not help you. Please don't take my experiences as a sign to stop your progress or professional plan. These are my experiences and my research. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to the Mental Magic Podcast. We are actually nearing the end of the season. (laughs) I'm actually really excited to see where season two takes me. I have so many ideas, and I just need to organize them and see how I'm going to present shit to you guys, because I have no idea how I'm going to do that yet. We still have um, next week's, or I guess this week's episode, um, that I'm going to try and get out by Friday, but we'll see how that goes. (laughs) and then I'm gonna take about three weeks to get my shit together and then I'm gonna launch season two I think I decided on the 26th of January so look out for that my next semester of school starts around that same time um and I'm taking biology 202 this semester and I'm not excited about that. That shit is a lot of memorizing. Like, 201 was a lot of memorizing, and I barely passed that fucking class. So I know this semester is gonna absolutely kick my fucking ass. So just please be patient with me with my podcast, because I'm, I'm trying, man. <laughs> I'm obviously going to attempt every deadline I've given myself for the podcast, but again, I'm not promising anything. <laughs> Um, This past week has been just a clusterfuck of emotions, Um, uh, a lot of negative thoughts, (laughs) a lot of physical pain thanks to my period, my wonderful menstrual cycle. Um, I haven't had one of those in about three or more years, Um, and I recently got it back, back in like October I think, um, when I decided to get off all my medication including my non-mental health medications and it took a while to get back and um it didn't come back as bad as I used to have it so I thought I was in the clear um I used to get really bad periods um before I was on medication for it and it, it was it was just it was really bad but these past two periods have been pretty okay um And then this one happened, and I was completely incapacitated from, like, Thursday to, I think, Saturday. I just could not do much. It was, I was going through waves on Friday, and Thursday I just couldn't get out of bed. So, that completely ruined my plans to get this episode out. I've also had a really bad, like, lack of energy. I think it's because I haven't been very good at taking my vitamin D lately. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been affecting me pretty bad. And I just have had no motivation and no energy to do anything. So that's been pretty, pretty, pretty terrible to go through. Um, despite my mania, it's just been a clusterfuck of emotions and lack of energy. Um, it's a super weird ass feeling to mentally want to run like 300 miles a minute. But at the same time, not having enough energy to actually, like, roll out of bed and go run. (laughs) 
Uh, maybe it's because I'm not sleeping. I don't know. I've never really had this problem when I don't sleep. I tend to have pretty good energy most of the time. Um, not sleeping normally doesn't affect me this much. Um, but, you know, here we are. A whole new life without medication and starting all over again and seeing where my body takes me. So, actually, did you know that your menstrual cycle can impact your mental illness symptoms and vice versa? Um, like, for example, um, my ADHD goes absolutely freaking crazy during this time. Um, my concentration levels just tank. Uh, I can't remember shit. I am the least organized person when normally I am the most organized person. <laughs> uh, my emotions are insane, up and down like crazy. Uh, I can't stick to doing one thing and finishing it. My depression gets worse, uh, my sleep problems get worse, and I get irritated about everything. Everything is irritating to me, everything. Like, sometimes people breathing near me is just like the most irritating fucking thing on the planet. When I was on medication, my period hormones would like cancel out the effects of the medication. Didn't know that was possible, but I brought it up to like a doctor one time and I was like, I think that's what's going on. And they were like, yeah, that's actually possible. I was like, oh, that's great. I was not aware of that. So, you know woman things but ever since I got my period back and I decided to get off medication and I knew it was going to come back and I was like you know what I need to prepare myself for how bad my periods get so these last few months I've been kind of analyzing my symptoms and my periods and I know I'm just getting it back and it's not going to be like this forever but we go through cycles anyway so it's going to change throughout the rest of my life so I'm just kind of like implementing things that I didn't consider before like especially for school and like with a podcast I'm kind of trying to kind of use my mania to get everything as as much as I can done before I get my period again so that I don't have to go through this again to where I'm like oh sorry guys I couldn't I couldn't launch my episode because I got my period like I don't want that to happen I don't want to have to email my teachers that I need an extension because I couldn't get out of bed you know, like, I'm just trying to plan my life around the symptoms rather than <sighs> having to drug myself every month, I guess. <laughs> this week was just not my week. Um, my period coming back and being awful to me. The holidays, I can't stand the holidays. They're already just not a great time for me. Um, my cat passing away over the weekend. Um... Two of my other pets are older. I have to constantly, like, 24 hours a day be checking on my ferret. And my older dog is, you know, she's old. So I have to constantly be on my toes about if she's eating and pooping and drinking and being okay. So it's just been a lot this week. And it was hard for me to get out of bed. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you guys for sticking around and listening to this episode. Because this shit took a lot out of me. <laughs> But I guess that's life, right? Um, this wouldn't be a real mental health podcast without my mental health getting in the way of me bringing you guys episodes. <laughs> so for this week's episode, we're going to learn about ADHD. ADHD is actually one of the most common neurodevelopment disorders in children. Uh, neurodevelopment is the way the brain grows and develops. 
it is most often diagnosed in childhood, but it can also go deep into adulthood. So for this episode, we're going to be focusing on adult ADHD. Uh, I did, I think I'm going to go ahead and post some stuff about child ADHD on my Instagram, so look out for those posts, but this episode's going to be about adult ADHD. This disorder is a highly genetic brain-based syndrome that has to do with regulating brain functions and behaviors. Functions like attention, concentration, memory, motivation, um, effort, learning from mistakes, impulsivity, hyperactivity, organization, and social skills. Basically, along with genetics, Chemical and structural differences in the brain are mainly to blame for ADHD. Um, although most cases of ADHD are caught in childhood, there's a good chunk of adults that are barely getting diagnosed now deep into adulthood. And it's usually only when the symptoms get so bad that they start affecting work, school, important relationships, or home life. Um, around 2.8% of adults in the world have ADHD, and it raises to 6.7% when they add the cases um, without the childhood diagnosis. People tend to think that everyone with ADHD is super hyper and can't sit still, and even though that's true with a lot of people, there are some of us that react in a different way. So what would be hyperactivity for some actually turns into introversion, severe anxiety, and depression. So when someone is quiet, withdrawn, socially awkward, and I guess overly excessively to themselves, <laughs> they might have ADHD. Uh, men actually tend to be diagnosed with ADHD three times as much as women are. And this isn't because um, men or boys are susceptible to it. It's that the symptoms tend to be more noticeable in boys than girls. Girls tend to withdraw, be extremely introverted, depressed, anxious, daydream a lot. Um, some are verbally aggressive. Um, ADHD cases in the U.S. have actually increased 42% in the last eight years. Um, it's very rarely outgrown and people with ADHD tend to just learn to live with it and usually adapt so well that they evolve to use their symptoms towards their talents. Looking back at my childhood from the little bit that I remember and what my family has told me, it's actually super hard for me to know which symptoms were caused by the ADHD and which were called caused by the bipolar disorder. Like, was I only showing symptoms of ADHD when I was manic? Is that even possible? I really need to be asking these questions to my therapist, so. <laughs> like, the impulse control. When I'm manic, I'm impulsive. But when I'm stuck in bed depressed, I really don't have the energy to be impulsive. My biggest problem in school was having conversations with people. <laughs> Everyone always says I talked a lot, but no one ever let me talk. So when I got to, I'd unleash. <laughs> if anyone talked to me, 
I would talk to them for hours. Also, everything distracted me. School told my parents that I was in space a lot, whatever the fuck that meant. Uh, the teachers always commented about how smart I was, but how in my own world I was. Um, but, you know, I had my moments of pure focus where I would sometimes finish huge projects in a few hours. Um, little did they know these pure focus moments were because I actually enjoyed what I was doing. Um, if I didn't enjoy it, nothing in the world could make me good at it or interested enough to learn about it. Literally the only reason I'm doing well in school now is because I really enjoy healthcare. It has its boring moments, but the boredom is because it's too easy and not because I don't enjoy it. Overall, just like with every other mental illness I had growing up, I masked my symptoms as well as I could and clearly I did it all right enough because no one suspected anything and I was just labeled as a troublemaker when all I wanted to do was get rid of my energy and the insane amount of thoughts I had in my head. But along with a lot of other women around my age, we were basically forced to shut up and deal with our feelings on our own time because no one had time for a little girl who was defiant. I saw my sisters do it, I saw my friends do it. I was encouraged to do it by my family and teachers, so it was pretty common that even mentioning I had feelings other than happy and hungry was a no-no. Now that I'm an adult with ADHD, I'm realizing my personality quirks aren't quirks, but part of an actual mental disorder that I never knew existed. <laughs> I'm still pretty bad at concentrating. I have a problem with having my brain drifting when people are talking. Shit, my brain drifts when I'm talking. I've also sat through maybe three movies in my whole life, and I couldn't tell you what the fuck happened during any of those movies. I don't watch movies anymore, and anyone that knows me knows I will 99% of the time stop paying attention within like 5-10 to 10 minutes of the movie starting. Making these podcast episodes is so difficult and it has nothing to do with learning about the mental illness I'm talking about. I love researching and um, writing the script is actually insanely easy until it comes to actually talking about myself and my experiences. Like I said before, I am now just learning is this late in my life that a lot of my quirks and reactions to things are from trauma and unhinged mental illness so it's not that I don't want to share I honestly couldn't care less about judgment I've been judged my whole life for everything I could possibly be judged for so I really don't give a shit about that I just don't know how to put into words that make sense the things that I'm thinking and feeling also, I have very scarce memories of my childhood, and I just get random flashbacks sometimes, and I'll piece shit together, but otherwise, if someone around me didn't experience it with me, I've pretty much forgotten about it. Even some of the bad memories are hidden in the depths of my brain. Um, healing has brought up a lot of shit I thought I forgot, and uh, kind of convinced myself didn't happen. And then the more I piece shit together and figure out conversations I've heard and things I've seen, it's been a huge mess of emotions and I'm not sure how to deal with it at the moment. <laughs> but no one's dead. 
I'm not dead and I haven't done anything illegal yet. So I think I'm doing pretty good. Thanks to whoever was in charge of making me, I luckily do not have every single mental illness that has ever existed. So I won't have an experience for every single one I talk about for this season or next season. Well, this season, yeah, I had an experience for every single one. But next season, I'm not sure I will have an experience for every single one. But for now, I can definitely talk about mine. Um, if I can relate to you, I will try. But if I can't relate to you, I'm definitely going to do some research until I understand at least the basis of what you're going through. Um, ultimately, I can't honestly tell you what exactly is the ADHD within me and what the other mental illnesses symptoms are um just know that with whatever especially adhd i think um it's definitely possible to manage your life around your symptoms i didn't realize how much of that i was doing until i analyzed myself and there are people out there who will still like being around you, even if you are a bit off sometimes. So before we continue with more information about ADHD, I just wanted to let you guys know about the resources I'm providing in the description of the episode. Uh, the first one is called The Passion Planner. I am absolutely obsessed with this planner. I'm a huge organization freak. I own three physical planners. I use my calendar and a digital planner on my phone and my laptop. So, you know, we got everything planned all the time. <laughs> Out of everything though, that I use to stay organized, the Passion Planner has been my absolute go-to since like 2017 or 2018 around there. Uh, it allows you to set up goals for all aspects of your life, um, the chance to plan it out and execute it every month, week, and day, and you can get dated or undated, and they have an academic one. I've never purchased it, so I'm not sure what the difference is with that one, but uh, I know they do have an academic one. I'm also, um, I've also gotten the digital one before, and that's actually really cool too, so if you're more into like digital, that's an option. Uh, the sticker books and the sticker sheets are so freaking cute. I am a sticker obsessor. I love stickers. And the digital one has stickers too, so you can get digital stickers too. I super highly recommend this planner if you're into that kind of thing. Plus, the new year is almost here, so if you're looking for a way to be like more organized and on top of your shit in 2024, I think you should definitely try either the digital or the physical. The next resource is actually a really good resource for when you're studying or just need a little bit of motivation. It's called Focusmate, and it's a website where you hop on a video chat with someone when you need to complete a task or when you want some company while completing a task. Um, you book a session for the date and time you'd like, and then on that day, you connect to someone and you guys share your goals for the allotted time you guys agreed on, and then you get to doing what you need to do. Uh, when the time is up, you come back and discuss how you did, and then you go about your day. A lot of the time, people with ADHD get distracted, and it has been proven that having someone in the room helps reduce distractibility. But, as we all know, we don't all have the blessing of being able to beckon someone to come and <laughs> keep you company while you get tasks done. 
So I personally think Focus Mate is the next best thing. And it might even help cure a little bit of loneliness because, you know, even my friends don't have the time to hang out with me all the time. So it's kind of nice to just like jump on and be like, hey, I'm going to do a couple of these tasks. And they're like, me too. And then you do them and it's like you're having somebody right there and it's not really right there. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> and lastly, like with every episode I've done so far, I'm providing another quiz, but this time for ADHD. This is just a simple quiz to find out where you fall on the scale of severity with ADHD. Uh, with this quiz, you can gauge about where you are with your ADHD and if you may need to go talk to a professional about getting it under control, um, if you think that's necessary. Remember, like with every quiz, these are just tools for you to see where you're at, not to self-diagnose, and then medicate yourself based on a random research on the internet. <laughs> um, you need to see a professional before you take anything for mental illness. Your doctor needs to rule out everything before they settle on the diagnosis of ADHD and start treating you. Um, you may need to take some tests before being treated, but I promise you it's for your own good and it'll make it easier to find the right treatment plans for your body. So for the most part, I think most of us know what to look for in children when it comes to ADHD but uh, ADHD can actually display differently in adults than in children. Although some of them, some of the symptoms are pretty similar. Um, they still include um, impulsiveness, disorganization, and problems priorita prioritizing, uh, poor time management skills, trouble multitasking or overly packing your time with tasks, excessive activity or restlessness, poor planning, and inability to complete work on time, trouble staying focused on tasks or conversations, a tendency to lose important items, a desire for quick fixes to issues, a difficulty keeping employment, frequent mood swings, short temper, trouble coping with stress, forgetfulness of events, schedules, or appointments, and a tendency to fidget when sitting. A lot of adults with ADHD aren't aware that they have it. They just know that everyday tasks are a huge challenge. Um, adults with ADHD may find it difficult to focus and prioritize, which leads to missed deadlines and forgotten meetings or social plans. Uh, the inability to control impulses can range from impatience waiting in line to driving in traffic to mood swings and outbursts of anger. Um, almost everyone has symptoms similar to ADHD at some point in their lives. Um, if your difficulties are recent or occurred only occasionally in the past, you probably don't have ADHD. ADHD is diagnosed only when symptoms are severe enough to cause ongoing problems in uh, one or more areas in your life. Um, these are persistent and disruptive symptoms that can usually be traced back to childhood. As for what causes ADHD, uh, doctors aren't exactly sure what causes ADHD. Uh, like many mental health and developmental conditions, there's probably more than one cause for it. 
Um, but there is an estimated about like three in every 100 adults in the United States have ADHD. And a lot of others are living with undiagnosed um, case of the disorder. So we, we probably, that, that number is probably a lot higher than we think. Some of the causes may happen later on in life, like when you're a teenager or an adult. And then some might happen before you're even born. But some of the causes might include genetics, poor nutrition while in the womb, exposures to substances like alcohol and drugs when they're in the womb, premature birth, brain injury during birth, poor nutrition during early childhood, um, simultaneous mental health conditions, brain injury, um, environmental exposure to toxins, and heavy alcohol use. For some reason, I assumed that causes and risk factors were kind of the same thing, but apparently they're not, so I had to separate the two. So <laughs> those were the causes. Um, these are the risk factors, so these could be something that triggers the ADHD, or I guess something that um, causes it to just happen. Uh, I'm not sure what the difference is, to be honest. Um, but the risk factors are poor nutrition, lack of exercise, obesity, cannabis dependence, alcohol dependence, substance abuse, generalized anxiety disorder, depression, sleeping disorders, learning disorders, personality disorders, conduct disorders, and autism spectrum disorders. So I am gonna go research the difference between risk factors and causes because I could have, I don't know why I thought those were the same thing, but yeah, those were the risk factors. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, there are three different ways that ADHD presents itself, um, depending on which types of symptoms are the strongest in the person. So there are literally three different types of ADHD. I had no idea that that was a thing, but apparently they fall under three different categories. <laughs> so the first way that ADHD presents itself is called predominantly inattentive presentation. So this is when somebody has a hard time like finishing a task, paying attention to details or following instructions or conversations. Um, um, these type of people are usually easily distracted or forget details of daily things that they do. So some of the characteristics of this type of ADHD is when people fail to uh, give close attention to details or make careless mistakes. Um, they have problems staying focused on tasks or activities like lectures, conversations, or when they have to read for a long time. Um, they don't listen when spoken to, or like they seem like they're not really here, like in a different dimension. Um, they don't follow through on instructions, and they don't complete tasks at work, or chores, or job duties. Um, they may start tasks like really quick, and then lose focus. Um, they have problems organizing tasks and work. For instance, uh, they don't manage time well, they have a messy desk, uh, their work is 
disorganized, they miss deadlines, um, they avoid or dislike tasks that require mental effort, like preparing reports or completing forms. Uh, they often lose things needed for daily life or tasks like school papers, books, keys, wallets, cell phone, uh, eyeglasses. <laughs> Uh, they're easily distracted um, and they forget daily tasks like um, doing chores, running errands. Uh, uh, older teens or like adults may forget to like return phone calls or pay bills or keep like, doctor's appointments. Um, yeah, I, I can relate to that a lot. The next way that it presents itself is called predominantly hyperactive impulsive presentation. And this is actually the least common type of ADHD, which is kind of weird because we automatically associate hyperactivity with ADHD. So just interesting that it's not that common. This is usually characterized by impulsive and hyperactive behaviors without inattention and distractibility. Hyperactivity usually refers to excessive movements like fidgeting, excessive energy, not sitting still, and being really talkative. And impulsivity refers to decisions or actions taken without thinking thoroughly of the consequences. To get diagnosed with this kind of ADHD, you have to have um, these following symptoms. So you have to fidget or tap with your hands and feet or squirm in your seat. Uh, not be able to stay seated in your work or school or wherever. Um, you run about or climb where it's inappropriate. Um, you're unable to enjoy or do leisure activities quietly. Um, always on the go, as if you're driven by a motor that's constantly got gas. Uh, you talk way too much. Um, you blurt out answers before a question is even finished, um, or you may finish people's sentences, um, or you can't just you just can't wait to speak in conversations. Um, you have difficulty waiting for your turn, um, like when you're waiting in line. Uh, you interrupt or intrude on others, like you cut into conversations, games, or activities. Um, where you start using people's things without their permission. These are all things that might point to signs that you might have like impulsivity issues, I guess. I don't know if it's an issue, but impulsivity obstacles. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might, you might want to go see someone if you're having issues with this or these things are like really ruining your life. Um, if it's just little things that happen in your life, I mean, quirks, right? quirks of people. Why not just accept them? And the third type of ADHD is called combined presentation. And this is just the symptoms of the before two types um, that are equally present in the person. Um, this person needs to meet the criteria for both inattention and hyperactive impulsive ADHD presentations. Um, and this is actually the most common type of ADHD. It's characterized by impulsive and hyperactive behaviors as well as inattention and distractibility. Um, this type is diagnosed when both criteria for both inattentive and hyperactive impulses types are met. 
Um, it is important to note that several conditions can mimic ADHD, like learning disorders, mood disorders, anxiety, substance abuse, head injuries, thyroid conditions, and the use of some medications like steroids. ADHD can also coexist with other mental health conditions like oppositional defiant disorder or conduct disorder, anxiety disorders, and learning disorders. So a psychiatric evaluation is super important. Uh, there's no specific blood tests or routine imaging for ADHD diagnosis. Um, and sometimes patients may be referred to um, do some psychological testing, like neuropsychological or pseudo-educational testing, or they can do computer-based tests to assess the severity of the symptoms. Uh, just be aware that the symptoms can change over time, so adults that fit different presentations from when they were a child could change later on. Um, because symptoms can change over time, the presentations change over time as well. So just be aware of that. In order to receive an ADHD diagnosis, the person has to follow certain criteria. So they have to have five or more persistent symptoms of inattention or five or more persistent symptoms of hyperactivity impulsivity. Uh, their symptoms have to occur in two or more settings and their symptoms have to interfere with school, work, or any type of social functioning. So some symptoms for inattention can include difficulty paying attention for long periods, difficulty completing forms, a tendency to lose their phone, their keys, or other important items, trouble staying organized, easily distracted, uh, forgetfulness, and trouble focusing when speaking to someone. And hyperactivity symptoms can include uh, having trouble with engaging in leisure activities, uh, sitting still, taking turns, uh, they interrupt others a lot, uh, they fidget and tap their feet a lot. Um, like children with ADHD, adults present with more inattention uh, more hyperactivity or a combination of the two. And although there is no cure for ADHD, there are treatment options. Um, there's few, a couple treatments, treatment options that can help a person manage their symptoms. Um, probably one of the most common uh, treatment options is psychostimulant medications. Um, these medications are usually used to balance chemicals in the brain that prohibit uh, maintaining attention and it helps control impulses. It also helps stimulate the brain to focus and uh, to reduce some of the major characteristics of ADHD. Um, some of the most common um, medications are uh, methylphenidate which is also uh, Ritalin, uh, dextroamphetamine, which can be dextrogene or dextrostat, uh, a mixture of amphetamine salts, which is usually Adderall, uh, atomoxetine, which is Stratera. Uh, you can also, I think it's also a non-stimulant, SNRI, so uh, I, don't, I don't believe that's a stimulant. 
Um, and then there is Listex Mephetamine <laughs> or Vyvanse. <laughs> uh, those are the most common ones that people tend to take for ADHD. Um, psychostimulants have been used to treat childhood behavioral disorders since about the 30s and have probably have been more widely studied than other medications have. Um, Traditional immediate release stimulants take effect in the body pretty quickly and work for about one to four hours and then um, they get out of the body. Um, Many long-acting stimulant medications are also available. Those last about eight to nine hours and they require one daily dosing. But like with every medication, there are some side effects. Um, ADHD medication tends to have some of the most well-known side effects, which include insomnia, decreased appetite, stomach aches, headaches, jitteriness, and rebound activation, which means the effect of the stimulate of the stimulant wears off and the hyperactive and impulse behaviors can increase for a short period of time. Most side effects of the stimulants are mild and decrease when you use the stimulant regularly and if you respond well to dosage changes, um, but you should always discuss the potential side effects with your doctor and if they're not for you, you could find something else that works for you. Another type of treatment that works really well with ADHD is psychological counseling. Um, counseling for adult ADHD generally includes psychotherapy, so like talk therapy, and education about the disorder and learning skills to help you be successful in your daily life. Um, and it helps you in so many different ways, but some of the ways that it could really impact your life is it improves your time management and organization skills. Uh, you learn how to reduce your, your impulsive behavior. You develop better problem solving skills. Uh, you cope with the past a lot better. Um, you cope with academic work and social failures better. You improve your self-esteem. You learn ways to improve relationships with your family, coworkers, and friends. Um, and you develop strategies for controlling your temper. So I think it's really beneficial for a lot of people. Some of the most common types of psychotherapy include uh, CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy. I have touched on this on the other podcast or on the other episodes before. But just to um, refresh your memory, it basically teaches you specific skills to manage your behavior and change negative thinking patterns to positive ones. Um, it can help you deal with life challenges like school, work, or relationship issues. And it can also help you address other mental health conditions like depression or substance abuse. Another type of therapy that's really beneficial is uh, marital counseling or family therapy because it helps your loved ones cope with the stress of living with someone that has ADHD and they can also learn what they can do to help. Um, counseling also improves communication and problem-solving skills within the family or your relationship. It's also important to work on your relationships in therapy in general. Um, if you're like many other adults with ADHD, you can be really unpredictable and forget appointments or miss deadlines 
or make really impulsive or rational decisions and these behaviors can often strain a lot of the patients that the people around you have and by going to therapy and focusing on these issues and finding better ways to monitor your behavior can be really helpful. Um, so can classes to improve communication and develop conflict resolution and problem solving skills. Um, couples therapy and classes where family members can learn about ADHD can really significantly improve relationships. I know we've all heard this a million times, especially all of us that have like mental health disorders, but having a healthy lifestyle can really make it easier for you to deal with ADHD symptoms. So some of the healthy behaviors that may help, you've probably already heard of them before, but um, having healthy eating habits like eating more fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, lean proteins, you know, just eating better. Um, participating in daily physical activity. So that can mean anything from like going on a 30 minute walk to hiking every day, you know, it just depends on what your limits are. <laughs> uh, limiting amount of daily screen time, like TVs, computers, phones, and other electronics. I think I want to add social media in there because that might be detrimental to a lot of people. I know a lot of my friends have to take breaks sometimes because it's just too much. Um, and definitely the most important, which I am very bad at, is getting the recommended amount of sleep each night, which I believe is six to eight hours. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm averaging about three right now. So I am terrible at that. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say to me, I don't know if my symptoms are bad enough that I need to go see a professional. So, most adults that seek evaluation tend to experience significant problems in one or more areas of their daily living. Um, this can show up as inconsistent performance in jobs or careers, uh, losing or quitting jobs frequently, a history of academic or career underachievement, um, poor ability to manage day-to-day -day responsibilities like completing household chores, maintaining tasks, uh, paying bills or organizing things, um, relationship problems due to not completing necessarily daily tasks, uh, forgetting important things or getting upset easily over minor things, um, chronic stress or worry, due to failure to accomplish goals or meet responsibilities, and chronic and intense feelings of frustration, guilt, or blame due to these symptoms. A professional can definitely determine if these problems are due to ADHD, some other cause, or a combination of causes, although some ADHD symptoms are evident since early childhood, some individuals may not experience significant problems until later on in life. Um, some really bright and talented individuals are able to compensate for ADHD symptoms and do not experience significant problems until high school or college or when they're in the pursuit of their own career. But of course in some lucky cases some parents may have provided a really productive and structured and supportive environment 
which minimized the impact of ADHD symptoms in the child until they begun to live independently as a young adult. And unfortunately, not all of us had that. And a lot of our parents didn't even really know what ADHD was or that it was even a thing or <laughs> that kids were other were something other than just troublemakers. So we all didn't get that same experience and it's really lucky of us to be able to get the help that we need now. So don't think that if you didn't get the help when you were a kid that you're a lost cause because you're not. ADHD is really easy. Not easy. It's very the treatments for ADHD are very beneficial and they work a lot of the time. So there's no cure for ADHD, but there are ways to absolutely manage your symptoms and live really fruitful lives. So I really hope you guys had a good weekend holiday. I, I don't know what you celebrate, so I don't want to just say Christmas. <laughs> so happy whatever makes you happy. <laughs> Um, as I wrap up this episode, I just want to remind you of the resources I provided in the description this week. Uh, the Passion Planner, which is amazing and I highly recommend. I think I got an email this morning about how they're having a sale. I mean, they're always having sales, but at the end of the year, they tend to have some good ones. Um, I provided a link to Focusmate for the next time you need to get something done and need some company without having an actual physical person in the room with you. I think I used it once and I so happened to get a girl who was studying biology too, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I'm definitely using it again for biology this year. And then I also provided a link to the ADHD quiz so you can see where you fall on the ADHD scale. I hope if you do take it and you feel like you want more information that you take action and get the help that you need. We don't have to suffer with symptoms just because no one in our lives tells us it's okay to get help. If you don't have that person in your life, well then you're hearing it here. <laughs> Getting help is brave and the best thing you can do for yourself. I promise. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Mental Magic Podcast. I hope I could teach you a little something something and maybe even make you feel not so alone in your symptoms. Uh, we all struggle in different ways and it's okay to admit we need a little boost of motivation sometimes. Some of us unfortunately, unfortunately need a little bit more than just a cup of coffee and a good song in the morning and that's okay. Everyone is different and that's the beauty of life. Just keep going. Keep learning about yourself and how to manage your symptoms and I promise you it will get easier to live day to day. Progression, not perfection. See you in the next episode, beautiful people.